We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Live drafting in the little board while sharing our thoughts on the players we want to target and draft in 2024. That's what's happening today on Road of His Overtime. We are recording this one just ahead of the Super Bowl weekend. It is a time when I'm actually traveling. I will be out of action for the next week or so. So I wanted to get some shows up with Sean. So we're doing a draft here. So bear in mind that there could be things that change over the next couple of days, but I'm not expecting it to happen outside of those two teams that are involved in the Super Bowl. We're drafting in. The little board, $15,000 to first place in this particular contest. 65% fall at the time of recording. So I'm going to make an estimation, Sean. It's 80% fall at this particular time as you're listening to it. If you want to get involved, there's only a couple of days probably left. These contests fill up quick. If you're playing over at Underdog Fantasy and you want to get a little bit of a bonus while setting up your account, you can use the code RODAVIS for a 100% sign-up bonus. That code again is Rotovis. Sean, we're waiting here for one more team to fill this league out. Uh, we talked about er- early last week about, oh, we get the 101. I was going to say maybe it'd be fun to get one of those late draft slots. How do you feel about the 101, Sean? Always love the 101. I mentioned when we recorded last week that in my original draft, I had taken CD Lamb at that spot. And then we had the 105 last week, and CD Lamb fell to us. He's now separated substantially from Tyreek Hill as the second overall pick to have gotten him at the 105 column. I think that that team, uh, we had some other fortunate thing. Well, we drafted from our own board. You should like your drafts, right? That's the number one thing that I want to say here. If you're drafting off of your own rankings, you should like your draft. We liked our draft. We got Lamb to start and a lot of other positive things. Colin, Christian McCaffrey is the clear top pick by adp you can check out the underdog adp tool at rotoviz it is up and firing away if you want to plan your drafts out it has the adp draft grid so you can see it visually i always like to do that i don't know there are some huge structural reasons to still just take a wide receiver but we're going to have drafts with the third fourth fifth sixth picks where you can take guys like hill and jefferson and chase you can take amon ross st brown colin do you want mccaffrey or do you want a receiver We'll take Christian McCaffrey, Sean. After the fact that I was saying I don't expect much to happen over the next couple of days, we have now gone ahead and drafted the star running back for the 49ers who will obviously be playing in the Super Bowl. So hopefully, regardless of result that CMC comes out of that 
relatively unscathed would be the the goal so for people listening in this will be posted regardless so you'll be able to tell us if the team is sean we would all be devastated or something happened that meant that cmc wasn't going to be a factor this upcoming season so let's hope that's not the case and i think your point there is absolutely right you know you mentioned the 105 we got lamb there in this draft he goes at the 103 tyreek hill did go at two then justin jefferson at four and i think when you get the 101 that's probably the the chance that you have to get them christian mccaffrey shares so I, i think that was the smart decision from a drafting kind of portfolio perspective uh, if it was between those wide receivers again i would be looking to get as much exposure to lamb but the, it's interesting at the start there there's just so many wide receivers that you can draft in those first kind of seven eight picks that i think you'll be very happy with any of those names chase goes at five then habris hall then amon ra then puka goes off the board at eight gonna be interesting to watch i'm gonna be intrigued to see which teams can put together you know some of these double juggernaut wide receivers back to back the likes of what we were able to do last year with cd lamb on amon ross st brown what will the combinations be able to because the the wide receivers are getting pulled so much up into that first round the options then available in round two and round three may not be as appetizing so we did christian mccaffrey the thing to watch out for now sean when we do pass on the wide receivers at that point is when it comes back to us in a full round at this point we're at pick 11 as the draft is continuing what is left that is what the question is going to be for us to dissect that two tree tournament and what we should do at that point is that a concern I, th- I think that's a legitimate concern in all these drafts that will be the one reason i would potentially think about veering off a of christian mccaffrey at the 101 yeah i mean it definitely is again you look at our adp tool you look at it visually and the guys who come up there are stefan diggs and Devonte adams you know those would be exciting picks if you talk about you know 2021 i don't know that they're picks that you want for 2024 so we'll see what we decide to do there are some names like a chris Olave, a player we've talked about probably being underrated there's a chance that one of the 49ers could fall there's a chance that rishi rice could fall this is a pretty loaded draft so i'm not necessarily expecting that but that's the issue when you go christian mccaffrey at the top and colin we definitely don't want him to get hurt i don't think that he will get hurt in the super bowl i wouldn't mind if the chiefs defense stops him i was looking at my mitten team that is in the finals that is a patrick mahomes clyde edwards alaire rasheed rice travis kelsey debo samuel team so it does have five guys it had both of the lions running backs <laughs> and some other lions so it would have been a lot better if the lions hadn't made it through but column again we don't want anything to happen to isaiah pacheco either but if those five guys end up being the five guys if somehow ceh vultures a couple of touchdowns or that toe injury for pacheco limits him to 50 50 carries obviously a lot of the teams that i am facing have one or both of mccaffrey and pacheco the running backs could be a big deal for me so if you're watching the super bowl and those five guys seem like they're really blowing up you know there's there's a fan out there who will be appreciating that (laughs) as we do get back around rasheed rice goes at the 208 Marvin Harrison, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams. Those are the top guys by ADP. What do you hope happens here? What do you think happens here? Travis Etienne, Sam Laporta, the other 
players if we wanted to get off wide receiver. So we are up, and the last couple of picks did hit the guys we probably would have wanted. Harrison Jr., even though, I mean, that's such a crazy price, he would have been interesting. Both of the 49ers go at 210 and 211. We are looking at Diggs and Adams as the two top players. Colin, I think I like Olave, Dell, Laporta, and Etienne. Which two guys do you like? Go Olave here first. Then we have 30 seconds. Can you pop over? I can't see the queue. So I think that was Sean's, like we're two drafts in, Sean, that was your most successful filibuster because one of the things when you're drafting these, you know, and recording them, we want to show people the draft board so they can see it if they're watching on YouTube. But also when it shows the draft board, that's what I can see. So I also can't see the queue at that point in time. So the filibuster there got us into uh, no time remaining, but we do go Chris Olave and we go with Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta for me, I was kind of between him, Dell, and Etienne with the players remaining. And to be honest, as much as I like Ayuk and Samuel, I I think I'm I'm good there if, if I'm getting Dell and Olave as the, the wide receivers. The injury is just the one reason that I would be holding back. And I guess if we get more positive news, the difficult part of that is that that's going to increase his value. But uh, Dell does go two picks later. I think he would have been interesting for us there as a potential option. I think if we hadn't went with Christian McCaffrey, Travis Etienne would have been more in play for me at that particular point. Uh, but we do go with the first tight end drafted, Sean, the 301, pick 25. It is Sam Laporta. It's going to be hard to temper our expectations, but I think that's right where he should go do you think he gets more expensive or do you think that's where he kind of sets as the tight end one at that particular point you know where he is at the offseason i think it's gonna be hard for him to get a lot more expensive simply because drafters have the option this year of exciting young running backs and so the running backs are going to be in there but then the other element is simply that we know zero running back is the key to winning in best ball we know that getting the wide receiver depth is the key to winning in best ball especially in the underdog format this ability to go with the three tight ends in the middle to late rounds and have multiple options when you take the tight end early you're locking yourself into that specific pathway more so than if you wait and i think that even someone like a trey mcbride gives you more flexibility the opportunity costs there a little bit different although he is going ahead of jordan addison who's probably one of the most undervalued players right now in all of fantasy i'll have an article up about that on the site either as you're listening to this it's possible it's already out or very soon column my only explanation for how he's getting knocked down right now is that there is some uncertainty about the qb position almost anything that the vikings do to address it in my mind is going to make him undervalued especially as you look at some of these other guys who are going like a Drake London, for example, we know London has some massive upside, but the Falcons coaching and the Falcons ability to address the QB position, probably even more of a concern, certainly the QB still similarly out there and the coaching more of a concern than the coaching with the Vikings. I guess the prices on Flowers and Addison really do shock me at this juncture Colin, as we're going along here, though, we do see a ton of receivers go off the board. The decision there with Dell, I think that Dell is going to end up probably being a really strong pick around the 211, the 212. 
I guess I don't think that he can rise a ton from where he is. I don't think that Nico Collins can rise a ton. I sort of want to see if they add an impact third receiver. Could you see them flip? Could you see Dell with positive reports go ahead of Collins? I, I kind of doubt, doubt it. I mean, Collins was just so good, and there are some other things he can probably do. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether that is friends, work, your significant other, or anyone. I think sometimes the biggest challenge for me is the relationship with myself. That is something that I have worked on with my therapist at BetterHelp over the course of the last 12 months that I have found be very beneficial the main ones of those being learning positive coping skills to empower myself to be able to deal with certain situations in better ways than i was previously i mentioned that relationship with myself having the therapy having a therapist and having the opportunity to discuss those things has helped me start 2024 with a more positive version of myself than in previous years if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge become your own soulmate whether you're looking for one or not visit betterhelp.com slash rotoviz today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash rotoviz we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But both of those guys are going to be about the price they are now, or they're going to be less expensive and not dramatically less. But again, if they add an impact receiver, which I do think they need to do, call them say flowers goes one pick ahead of us. That was the one I was hoping for. That is the real dagger here. I'm going to jump back over so you can see the players who are available. So Travis Kelsey came all the way to us. Trey McBride came all the way to us. Jordan Addison is still there. We could go with the hybrid QB and Anthony. I Richardson. think Walker's the first pick I would make here. Sean takes Addison. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and grab Addison to get us that flexibility to either go Ken Walker or Trey McBride. If we go with McBride, then we're really locked into these star tight ends. I don't think we're gonna have a lot of teams who take the double tight end this early. I don't know that we have other wide receiver options we like. It is a matter of do we prefer let's do Walker this just to... for let's do this as a thought experiment. Let's take Trey McBride. I didn't just because think it was we get we... be that hard to talk you into McBride. Yeah, but it was, well, Kelsey's also there as well. But the part I'm going to talk through on that is the upside case and the downside scenario, I guess, of investing two of your top five picks in tight ends in this format. What are what what would you be saying are the advantages other than you're hoping to get a 
astronomical score on a weekly basis from at least one of those guys. But the downside is that you're, you know, adding in two players there at obviously very high costs. Right. And so I think that you want to look at it structurally from the perspective of what were your other choices? And do you realistically think that your choices at the positions that you need more players to address are those choices going to be similar in the following rounds because one of the things that we're looking at with tight end is it's really so much a matter of year to year like who the very top guys are as opposed to being able to definitively say what the structure you need will be throughout most of the time period that we cover with the various roster construction explorers either elite tight end or double elite tight end even was the dominant approach and then you have the season last year where you get these massive scores from Laporta and then late in the season from McBride out of a little bit different area. I think the thing that we have to understand is that most of the time we're going to get those huge scores from the most expensive tight ends. And if you do like Laporta and McBride to be those guys and to separate you want to consider drafting them some individually, occasionally together. One of the things that Ben and I talked about a lot on Stealing Bananas this past season was that it was just so easy to go through your underdog teams and see which ones were competitive and which ones weren't just by looking at the tight ends. You didn't need to look at the other positions. Now, partly that's because, again, the tight ends that you wanted and the scoring you were going to get was from price tags, from draft slots that made it so definitive because you didn't have to pay a lot and you got a lot of production. If you're paying more, if you're paying your third round pick and your fifth round pick, that part is going to change. But I think that we want to be mentally flexible to pursue some player combinations that don't look optimal on the surface. And I think that Laporta and McBride do that. Partly, Colin, what I'm trying to do here is lean into the very biggest talents the other players going in this range of the players who are going to be available in round five, I think are a big drop down from what you're getting from a Trey McBride. Yeah, so I think it's going to be interesting to see it play out. Obviously, I think we can see how it plays the rest of the way. We may see something at a flat spot that we have to go tight end again, but it pretty much locked in at this particular point of the draft. The interesting thing when we're doing this is we'll see how the team plays out, but since we drafted McBride, then it was Anthony Richardson, Mark Andrews, Amari Cooper, and Travis Kelsey then in the uh, sixth round Dalton Kincaid and George Kettle have gone off the board back to back but when you're drafting particularly at the turns you know that might be something that like even if we hadn't taken Laporta you could have went Trey McBride Mark Andrews Trey McBride uh, Travis Kelsey you could have combination them up whatever way you wanted then at the other turn at the five turn you could have went you know Kettle and Kincaid if that was what you wanted to do but We'll see how the team plays out, Sean, but it may be something with the way ADP is setting up that is targetable if we think that it, it could potentially be viable. The other player that we took, and we are only five picks away from our next, was Jordan Addison. So uh, the other player I would have been interested in there was Ken Walker, and he went, um, you know, 509. So that drafter, I, I would class that as a value. Jordan Addison um, over Jaden Reed, JSN. Are you are you buying into him based on as well the Hawkinson kind of recovery time frame that has been set out? Yeah, I think that frees him up to have a big time target share in the first half of the season. We've compared him to Calvin Ridley a lot. I was looking at Ridley's career arc recently, and the second year after the impressive rookie season was a little bit of a step back, and then he exploded in year three. Obviously, you don't know which year the player is going to explode in. 
Addison is just wildly undervalued at this point. Colin, we are back up, and wide receiver is an issue. We could go with Godwin here. I think he's a good bounce-back candidate. We also have an interesting secondary running back pick in Aaron Jones, or we could go QB. I think they're the two picks, Godwin and Jones. But let's go with whichever one you want to go with first, and then we can talk through the second one. Uh, you know, Byers is interesting, but we've already got two tight ends. Do I don't know if we want to push it to a third one. And then I think because we've gone two tight ends, I think I'm probably willing to push the quarterback position. Yeah, and so Bowers is a name I put there just so that we could remember to discuss the fact that he's still available. And he's going to be more expensive than Sam Laporta was last season, but a little bit like what you see with the price on Marvin Harrison, the price on Malik Neighbors. The massive season from Laporta last year is going to give people confidence that a player like Bowers can do a similar type of thing. And so Bowers is someone I'm going to have a lot. Dalton Kincaid, who went at the 603, is a player I've been drafting very, very frequently in early drafts. I do want the impact tight end. I think that right now, at least, tight end is a lot thinner in rounds 15 through i mean 18 obviously is the way most of the underdog formats are right now in the pre-nfl draft version of the context you get 20 picks that part is fun i think that if you don't like the picks late and last year one of the picks that we love late was trey mcbride if you don't have a trey mcbride at the end of drafts then you want yeah i mean you (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to keep this drum beat going sean so you want to consider that element. One of the things with Justin Fields, who does go there at 7-12, is that his scoring levels have a chance to be in that same range as C.J. Stroud and Jalen Hurts, who go in round three. It's the uncertainty around where he actually ends up that has knocked his prices at this point. Obviously, he's going to start somewhere next year. If he goes back to the Bears, he's developed that rapport with dj moore if he's somewhere else he'll probably be in an organization that is more competently coached that has probably better weather conditions i mean justin fields could end up with more talent around him he's somebody that i have a ton of he's one of the most undervalued players at this point and one of the things i think emphasizing that is that kyler murray goes only a couple picks after him call him Kyler Murray was one of the reasons that I thought Trent McBride was a little bit interesting because Murray goes all over the place. He can drop deep into drafts if we were able to get him at the 812 to go with McBride. That would sort of complement some of the other things we have here where we kind of have set up for a Mayfield Carr Cousins type of pick with the other receivers that we have. I think that there are some big advantages to that because you can really save at the QB position. But it's not a very sexy way to play it it's definitely not sexy sean i think that's a very fair way to put it but i do think it can be a very productive way to play it as we move forward here so we are into a range where some interesting options you know we we get back to our boy deandre swift with jalen warren brian robinson jr deontay johnson it's interesting that some of these guys who were zero rb candidates last year who actually had pretty successful fantasy seasons i know connor's they're all, i was about to say a year older they're all a year older technically but, you know, Brian Robson, I thought, did pretty well. Now, he did go three picks before he would have been my selection there. I think Jalen Warren is the, the first up, and then we're into the conversation for Deontay Johnson probably at that particular point. The other players that are here at the wide receiver, 
you know, we do have a, a Romeo Dobbs as a potential option. I don't know if you're interested there. Jacoby Myers was pretty successful last year. Have you Deontay ahead of uh, all of those guys? I do. I, I don't really understand why Deontay Johnson is going this far ahead of George. It's pretty Pickens. pretty wild in the, the ninth round. Yeah, I I mean, I don't want any players th- who are in any way connected to Arthur Smith on my roster, and yet. If you can have negative amount of players, I would do that, but you can't do that. Well, you definitely aren't going to get negative players when you. But we've just gone back. Go just the bad news, Sean. We have so, gone. We've gone back to back. We've gone from zero to two there quite quickly. <laughs> and and uh, obviously, Jalen Warren fits a little bit different dynamic. The uh, he will be one of the most undervalued players when we look at that. The gap between him and harris going almost two full rounds earlier that part doesn't make sense i think that even though the steelers were very stubborn with sticking with harris last year the fact that warren showed up as essentially the best back in football when you look at a lot of the peripherals a guy who was able to break tackles and evade tackles in both the run and the pass game at just crazy levels his explosiveness what he does for the steelers is going to move him into the RB1 spot for Arthur Smith next year. One of the things that's kind of interesting here, when you have George Pickens and he has those big games to finish out last season, we've had some questions about what to do with him in Dynasty. When you see this price here, and that's going to give you a sense of where he is in Dynasty too, where he's a young player, you want to take the profit off of you know, what is something that looks very unsustainable, those big plays down the stretch that got him where he is. Now, I mean, George Pickens has talent. And he's going to have some big games in the future. So we're not selling him from the perspective of saying, you know, he's done or he's a fluke or he's not going to be an NFL starter. But the enthusiasm, especially when you have quarterback questions, you have coordinator questions, you have game context questions where the Steelers are talking very openly about leaning into, you know, trying to run the ball every play. George Pickens is a very weirdly priced player to me, and that's coming from someone who, you know, obviously likes Pickens somewhat. He didn't play well last year, and I think that even if you have those couple big games down the stretch, the prices here don't reflect how he played, and they don't reflect what the future is. Deontay Johnson, on the other hand, you're at least getting a big bounce-back scenario. He should be the more expensive of the two Pittsburgh-wide receivers Colin, the name I wanted to go with in the last round, I've been trying to draft him every draft. I haven't found the right spot yet. That is Caleb Williams. His ADP is approximately the 110. The 110 is on the clock. It ends up being Troy Franklin. I don't think he's going to get back to us. We're probably looking at a situation where Jared Goff is more realistic as you know, the Amon Ra owner here on the clock right now is the spot that we have to miss. Yeah, and he does right. go with yeah, Goff. That, that manager didn't have a QB, so that part also not surprising. Colin, we're not going to have a, a great pick here in this next slot. Is there anything in particular that you're looking at? No, well, I, I was hoping that maybe Goff got back. Uh, the other player that would have been potentially in the mix would have been uh to uh, he also went so when we're looking at the options available by adp at the moment it's mike williams shakir uh keon coleman cole Komet, devin singletary jalen daniels dotson who we 
are going to be talking about on the next road of his uh, overtime in a dynasty edition but we're into some of the running back options here sean we did pass on kenneth walker so charbonnet becomes a, a potential option here for us but yeah uh, <laughs> it's not the most exciting part of the the draft we're continuing the theme of uh, not the sexiest thing but we are really probably at this point pushing out quarterback a quarterback that wouldn't be here that you know can still be very productive but doesn't really fit this team it would be matthew stafford then you're into kirk cousins who we could take but obviously come back from the injury and i think i would be pushing that to the next round so for me sean it feels like probably double running back here unless you want to pitch in one more time for for jerry judy i don't really want to i do like the running backs i think that hubbard has a chance in an emerging offense and when i say emerging it's potentially emerging obviously to become it's emerging from being the worst star. offense in the nfl right right i mean and hubbard was excellent in it last year he's someone who was on the zero rb candidates countdown heading into 2023 because there were some extremely exciting things in both his collegiate profile and his 2022 profile that made him look like the guy the type of player who could beat out a Miles Sanders even without a Sanders injury. You get a little bit of a combination of that in terms of what actually happened there. How well he played in what was one of the worst environments of football is very exciting. And then with Charbonnet, but Charbonnet does not look great. The difference in like electricity between him and Ken Walker is actually one of the bigger ones in the entire NFL between starter and backup. And yet Charbonnet his strengths come in the high value touch game they're going to come around the goal line they're going to come as probably a little bit more intuitive receiver than walker even though walker has the ability to make guys miss after the catch walker had a couple of crazy one-handed catches we're not selling walker as receiver but the seattle offense with the new coordinator i mean there's still a lot of questions about what they're going to do there are questions about geno smith but there's a potential jump there certainly charbonnet has that same thesis he had last year where if you do have anything happen to walker which you know you don't want to see but charbonnet would very quickly be a league winner yeah there's there's a lot in flux there obviously you know gino didn't have as good a season last year but you'd have a change in coordinator coach lots of things moving around there so i think it's gonna be interesting and it did feel at points last year like that maybe this is wrong that it was just the head coach and pete carroll wanted to to give charbonnet more touches more than that he was actually being more productive but I, I do think when we're doing these drafts there's certain teams where i'm happy to if you don't get the first guy take the second guy and, and the seattle seahawks backfield with those two names is, is definitely one of those for me since our last pick it was ty chandler devin singletary cole Komet, zamir white matthew stafford uh, adoni mitchell rashid shaheed jonathan brooks jerome ford Jaden daniels so Sean, as it starts to come around to us, we'll be picking here in the twelfth um, round at this next particular juncture. We are looking at some of the potential quarterback options. You know, not at this point, but Derek Carr at the moment's a sixteenth round pick by ADP using the tools over on Rotoviz. Uh, Gino, who I mentioned, there's a fifteenth round pick, Daniel Jones down in the fifteenth round, Baker Mayfield in the thirteenth round. So there is some names, the likes of a Cousins, the likes of a. Uh, baker mayfield who may have to come into focus for us here at this next turn if they were to make it for us and then we have obviously additional options later on 
any particular names and now that we like I, I think we're in a really <laughs> advantageous position at running back with this draft compared to where we would normally be at this point of proceedings we are going to have to look at trying to figure out some of the wide receivers that we want to take and this is going to be interesting because there's going to be some names who we would have been high on their potential upside last year but maybe didn't perform the likes of maybe a quentin johnson who could come into focus here and some of these latter rounds players who could have some of those potential bounce backs but are you looking at some of those quarterback options if a, a cousins or the other name that i mentioned there being baker mayfield are at this particular turn for us yeah i think that if cousins comes all the way back that would be the way to go wherever he ends up he's going to be able to build or have the opportunity to build on what he was doing through the first half of the season last year he's the perfect sort of late round qb the drafter with justin jefferson and again we don't know that he's going to be back with the vikings that's something we talk about on thursday's show at length thursday's dynasty reanimator pod hopefully folks are looking forward to that that drafter only has lamar jackson in round four certainly could go with his qb2 right here he's one pick away but Colin, one of the reasons why I felt comfortable going running back, running back at the last turn beyond simply not liking the other players who were available is that I am kind of more excited about some of the receivers who are making it into this range than the running backs. I felt like there was a big tear break after Hubbard and that the running backs this season, specifically in this draft class, we've been working a lot on the road of his rookie guide. That is always a lot of fun. I encourage you to uh, jump over there and sign up for that there are running backs but i think there are more guys you're looking at in rounds 18 19 and 20 than say 12 through 16 17 which is coming up call them xavier worthy and wandell robinson two names that really jump out to me here yeah and i think it would make sense for us to take both of those guys here and i, I did mention mayfield but he is somebody who's going and the the mid to late 13th so again i'm going to push that one out sean we are really going to push it out as far as out can be pushed when it comes to the quarterback position no quarterbacks drafted through those 13 selections uh, before our pick as sean mentioned the uh, justin jefferson drafter out of the 104 did take Kirk cousins and Aaron Rodgers went to the next spot so sets us up for the two I guess we can still say Wondell is still a, a young wide receiver. Um, so he sets us up for him and Xavier Worthy. Lad McConkey, Sean, also went one pick before that. Would he be, in terms of the rookies, would he be somebody you're taking over Xavier Worthy? And then any quick thoughts on, on either of those two guys? No, I think that Worthy is separated by a pretty wide margin. You look at what he did early on in his Texas career, had one of the best freshman seasons in college football history didn't really take the second step that we were looking for either in his sophomore or junior years Debbie managers who have had him for a long time obviously there's a disappointment connected with that and yet one of the things that we do see and you know talking about back five seven you know 12 years what have you is that with these smaller receivers it's more about breakout age than it is a full volume of production later on in their collegiate careers and so i mean i think that worthy is probably going to end up as one of the most undervalued players now we'll see how the entire draft process goes maybe that changes quite a bit by the time that we get to the nfl draft itself but 
I'm enthusiastic about the price on him when you compare it to some of the guys that he is going after. McConkie is interesting because his overall production at Georgia was very, very minimal. And yet, as I you know worked through some of the details with him, some of the peripherals from obviously we're working with our tools, we're working with some great data from Sports Info Solutions. There were some fun notes there that will show up in this first edition of the rookie guide. I'll leave that out there as a little bit of a teaser. So no, he wouldn't have been my pick, but as I dived into him in more detail, I can understand why some drafters are taking him in this range, which you might not guess just on a first glance. A fun pick there, and obviously somebody who has been part of championship teams in college. Call the next couple guys who go at receiver are Michael Wilson and Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore has been one of our guys. I think that we're going to need to see him actually produce at this point before I get back on him you mentioned the quarterback position we now have it set up to where we have a baker mayfield receiver we have a daniel jones receiver we have a Derek Carr receiver all three of those guys are available when you push it you do think that you're going to get your guys when you also have taken off the board some of the receivers that they would match with and yet you're also get a little bit nervous especially when you're on the edge and you can't really control it yeah, the the difficult part is that if you know if it was a case that you have maybe two of those guys it might allow a little bit more but when you've only one of those names i think there's a good chance that somebody else in the you know like for example we have godwin but there's mike evans potentially drafter might want mayfield as well there's always that little bit of competition and we've seen that with the kirk cousins pick and um, we, we will see that with people drafting when you don't have a number of that offense paired together but I do think it's going to be interesting here with our final selections to pair it up. And I feel like uh, with those guys, I probably still would be relatively comfortable with a two-quarterback build. But I do think having three of those names would be the preferred option. And I think it's going to be a battle the rest of the way between what available wide receivers and what available quarterbacks there are to make those last five selections for us. So I feel like it'll probably be split both ways you mentioned there is some running backs in those later rounds that maybe come into the conversation as well but the way the draft is set up those are obviously the two positions of need for us the player sean that i wanted to just mention you know we're looking at which players in later spots could be very interesting at the tight end position uh, michael mayer did go in the mid 12th round um i think he is interesting at that particular point at you know when we're looking through who could make a, a jump forward and the other one then been pat firemouth in the the late 13th so there is some tight ends that are appealing the downside is pat firemouth going to be kyle pitts or is he going to be johnny smith that is the big question there for for him down in pittsburgh for this season but sean we are two picks away Geno smith went drake may went but we probably will have our share of whichever quarterbacks if that if that's the way we want to go what are you thinking here two picks out is there any appealing wide receivers left uh, at this point of the the draft as jalen pokos and deshaun watson also went so we are on the clock marvin mems available gonna go for another rookie what are you thinking here i mean it's so tempting to take mems but i mean potentially you just light your entire draft on fire if you don't get some quarterbacks here let's go ahead and grab mayfield who has fallen well below adp and then column Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, probably a little more safety with Carr, a little more upside with Jones. If you take Jones, you probably need to take a third QB, which could be tricky in terms of just not throwing that pick away. 
Like, how do you feel about pushing in with like tech? How about take, we take Mems and hope the car gets back to us? Okay, so Colin is that could also be light in our draft and fire. Light this draft on fire. Colin, this is a three dollar draft, and so you can go and explore a little bit. Again, the first place fifteen thousand dollars. This format is going to be available throughout, obviously, draft season. But this particular version of it is going to close relatively soon, and so you're going to be drafting against other managers with similar information which I think is a fun part of it. Now, Xavier Legat goes one spot after we took Mims. He's a guy who, again, we talk about the weird profiles that are available in this year's draft. And I mean, if there's a Rasheed Rice, one of the reasons that I'm surprised that he falls this far, even though he had four seasons with minimal production before the big fifth year breakout, is that, I mean, you can understand why he's being mocked to the Kansas City Chiefs even in the first round. And so, to get him that deep in the draft, even though it's ahead of ADP, right? I think that that is an interesting selection by the drafter out of the second spot. That's one and something ahead we, of Traylon Burks. Something we do talk about at this point of the draft, you mentioned ahead of ADP, but when you're into the 15th round, you know, if it's 17th round ADP, the upside of taking those guys, if they are your guys, I think you, you go and get it done at those particular prices. You think back to last year with a Trey McBride, for example, like if he was your guy and you were taking him around ahead of ADP or two rounds ahead at that particular late stage, you obviously want to get values and, and be able to build your team through that way. But there's certain players that if you feel that that is the big jump that is going to make an ADP. And the other thing with these rookies is drafting them now versus after the draft. If, if any of these guys end up on the Kansas City Chiefs, the ADP is going to move along with that, depending on obviously the draft capital as well. So, Sean, I've set us up here to try and get one of those two quarterbacks back. None of them have been drafted so far through the entirety of that round. We're on the turn now, so 12 picks remain. Ideally, both of them get back to us. Have you a preference out of Jones or Carr? Obviously, Jones on the recovery mode to try and get back. I probably would prefer Carr based on that if we could only get one of them, but if we could get both of them, that would be the, the perfect scenario. The other player who's after going off the board it's J.K. Dobbins, Sean, and you know when obviously Daniel Jones goes off on the next pick, but obviously with the recovery from injury, I do feel like there's going to be a lot of drafts that I'm going to want to draft him at this particular stage when you're you know 15 plus rounds deep of a, a draft, and if you're drafting, maybe this is the type of team to do it on rather than a pure zero RB team. But the upside, if he can return and be healthy, is is just too high to to be passing up and we're we're looking at a draft here where keaton mitchell also went in the the 13th round and that's a situation where he's all, also recovering from a an injury as well so both those guys probably in that baltimore ravens offense three picks left sean how nervous are you that Derek carr goes in one of these next couple of selections i am not nervous at all because you can always take a worse qb instead Colin, Russell Wilson, we can... Sean, isn't even starred. I did see that in your queue. You haven't even starred, Russell. We may have to go down that path if uh, if we miss out. We're one pick away. Do we get it? Does it work? Do well, we get Derek Carr? We get we Derek do. Carr. We do. Colin has been getting just the, the draft board screen, so he's doing a great job of commentating without actually seeing our queue. I, I will Wilson say I have, pulled up the, I have pulled up the ADP uh, grid over here on, on rotaviz.com, which is helping me greatly while uh, – you know, trying to track everything mentally in my head. We have a second pick to make, Sean. Where do you want to go? I, I pushed out the last pick with Derek Carr. We go. Do you want to go with Hyatt here? Do you want to? Yeah, I want to grab both of the Giants wide receivers. Let's do it. 
feels like sean we're we're in 2023 again we want to get both the giants wide receivers and those guys being the same ones at the the later stage of the draft i'm expecting that offense to be better here this season but how do you feel that that was a real push out to hopefully get Derek carr back but that allowed us to get marvin mims on this particular roster who went 10 picks after adp that is something i think that we do try and emphasize i, I kind of mentioned the point a moment ago about you know reaching for the guys you want particularly in the later rounds where it's not as kind of cost uh you know it's not as costly as in the earlier rounds but that's an example of how we really want to kind of balance that out is also kind of pushing those rounds and trying to see what the draft is doing and how the draft board might play out and when we set up you know that we pushed out on quarterback earlier in the draft and we went with the the two tight ends and those opening rounds we were always going to have to play with fire a little bit but there is that part when you're on the clock and you're like well i need to get that second quarterback let's take Derek carr in the 15th round but then when you get to that point in the 16th round where you do get him and you've also added marvin mims I think that that is what we're really trying to do in these drafts. And there's going to be the thing with drafting and volume is there's going to be opportunities to do that. Whereas if you're only drafting a couple of teams, you're going to want to get the guys you want to get. But I don't know if I'm putting that into words, right, Sean, but you know, in terms of pushing players, there's a lot of times where we might want somebody, but we're also trying to build and and get that roster construction in the exact way we want. Yeah. And by waiting at QB, we're able to, accomplish a lot of other objectives i'm looking at baker mayfield and Derek carr and you don't feel like okay well that's not a tournament winning build at qb but Colin, one of my best ball mania semi-final teams this past season was a mayfield car build where you were looking at the saints and the bucks in the week 17 matchup unfortunately they didn't make it to week 17 but they each had a, a big enough game to that point where you get close right and i mean I, I i like the scenario for them and it allows you to do these other things right so we got the five running backs one of the things with that 101 where once we had aaron jones warren charbonnet and hubbard you're kind of thinking well i just i wish i had a wide receiver but we also have christian mccaffrey and then we're at a point now where we have the eight receivers and there's so much upside there and we have those two star tight ends so i think the build will be unique i think there is so much upside at running back wide receiver and tight end that the fact that we were able to get baker mayfield 16 picks below adp and Derek carr nine picks below adp that part is helpful right and jake bose has done some great work for us to this point you know looking at the fact that those ADP followers at QB are not necessarily as helpful as ADP followers at other positions. And yet the thing here is that it unlocks some of the things we wanted to do build wise. So I really enjoy that part of it. As we come back around, we have to decide if we want to put a Russell Wilson onto this team and just get a little more depth, some more outs with the 20 picks. I think you can actually go four quarterbacks. If you don't like your other options, we didn't get a Travis Etienne, so you could take a Tank Bigsby. Israel Abanikanda is always compelling at this point. Greg Dulcich. Greg Dulcich. We don't need there. the tight end for column there. It would have been fun 
if the rookie Sanders had come back, he went in the middle of the 16th. We're now closing in on the 18th, 19th turn. We'll add Greg Dulcich to the queue so that yes. uh, Column can get him with the Mr. Irrelevant pick if necessary. Oh, uh, Russell Wilson was going to be my call here. He's after going one pick ahead. He does go one pick. So we could bet on the bounce back season for Bryce Young. I do think the Bo Nix is the most exciting of the QBs who have a good chance to not even start as rookies. Take a QB. You can pick which one. So, Colin, we'll go the safer-ish way and add Bryce Young to this roster. It's one of those picks that's not exciting now, but if he does some of the things people thought he was going to do last year in 2024 at this price, the team will be very, very difficult to contend with for everyone else in the league. I think this secondary pick here should be a Bandicanda. He, he was the player out of the two running backs that I want. We are we want that Mr. Relevant pick, Sean, to be Greg Dulcich as it comes back to us with one more selection left to go. That would finish out this draft. We're looking at uh, a pretty interesting, strong team here. And, you know, I, I really like how it has shaped up based on the challenges that we've had. The one place that I think the biggest challenges remain, even with waiting late on quarterback, I think it shows you some of the options you can get. I think wide receiver is the one that there's you know, going to be the most question marks about, which is a little bit unusual when it comes to the end of our draft. But you're also filling it in with, I guess, a wider range of outcomes, but also those young players we want to have in there who can make that jump forward. Also having some rookies in there that can move forward with ADP as the post-draft happens. But Sean, Brees Young is somebody who we've selected there and – I guess if it was both options on the clock, we have Russell Wilson, who's unlikely to be with the Broncos, and then we'll see where he lands after that. I still think that he'll be a starter this season, and I don't think he was as bad last season as it may have seemed. But Bryce Young was as bad as it seemed. But the thing is, is we do say that the you know the the leap from year one to year two is where it's biggest for quarterbacks. How big can it be for Bryce Young? Are we in a situation where? Trevor Lawrence 2.0, I guess we'll say, is happening here where there was a you know an absolute you know tire fire and around the entire organization and then it did jump forward very considerably very quickly. Yeah, it, it was not good, right? And so I think that again, a little bit what you're doing here is you're banking on this nfc south element we have three quarterbacks from the nfc south we know that those games have a lot of shootout potential if the offenses can hold up their end of the bargain <laughs> at all i mean the panthers think that they have a young elite defensive coordinator so that part of it is interesting they are a team that is going to be built around the defense and hopefully chuba hubbard one of our earlier picks i don't think it's likely that young does bounce back and yet some of the things that he did at alabama and you think about the incentives that the organization has i mean they're going to be all in and i mean all in on making it work for him he could be a guy where simply based on the way that they organize the volume that he has some of these games you think back to what sam howell was able to do through the first two-thirds of the season and ends up getting benched and yet was a guy who was carrying our fantasy teams i mean i would hope that there is a scenario out there where bryce young does that portion of it even if he's not good he can carry it because of the context again i think that's a pretty thin path it's a thin thesis 
But at that price on this team, it's something that is a little bit interesting. Colin, one of the other things that we can look at here for the very final pick, I mentioned that the extra two selections give us some flexibility. One of the elements that you're looking at is that at the position players, there really is no value left, even among the rookies. I mean, you're talking about guys who you know, are going to be challenged to land even on day two. We have Deontay Johnson. It does seem, as we record, that Kenny Pickett is going to be the starter for the Steelers. He and Bo Nix, I think, are the two picks here to give us four quarterbacks. Yeah, I think we go with Pickett. The, the one thing I was going to say is you mentioned Sam Howell. You do have the two extra rounds here. Sam Howell goes undrafted as we make that last pick. Is that, Do you feel like there's enough, there's too much risk in that that it's just a burnt pick? Or do you think that him potentially you know, being a starter in Washington this year is completely out of the question? I think that's out of the question. I think that the concern you have when you're thinking about Howell and Dynasty is that they would decide that there's just more value to keeping him and potentially developing him giving him yeah giving him some starts at a certain point if they need to you know let the there's really no downside for them to keep him like they're you know based on what he was drafted based on what his rookie contract is you know there's there's no urgency for them to move on from him there's not unless you get a meaningful offer from a team like the vikings or the broncos i think that those are possibilities and then I think you have to look at it. The problem that you have as a dynasty manager is that following sort of the Geno Smith path where you get some opportunities early, but then you don't get another one, you know, for almost for a, a decade. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be just sitting on, on your roster for, <laughs> for, you know, seven to 10 years. Colin, we'll talk about that more on Thursday in our dynasty reanimators series. An interesting team. We take the four quarterbacks. They're all late. We have Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, Bryce Young, and Kenny Pickett. We have some connection with the other receivers that we had drafted, and we were looking at that possibility once we went with Olave, Addison, Godwin, and Deontay Johnson as the early receivers. I do like some of the guys that we got later in the draft with Xavier Worthy, Wandell Robinson, Marvin Mims, and Jalen Hyatt. Especially with Robinson and Hyatt, we would have loved it if daniel jones had come back to us in round 16 alas he did not we took Derek carr there instead to go with chris olave because we waited on qb we were able to put together really strong positions at running back where we have christian mccaffrey as the anchor and then four more interesting players by the end of round 11. we take the two star tight ends in laporta and mcbride what are your thoughts here on this roster big picture knowing that in the early going in the pre-draft portion in the 20 round version in the three dollar version partly what we're trying to do is explore different things that you can do looking at it more from an exercise perspective as opposed to this idea of you know we're definitely trying to win the contest i mean colin wh why would we try and win the fifteen thousand dollar contest when there are millions of dollars available you know if we get some good practice we develop some creative rosters yeah we're, we're saving our best teams for the biggest prizes is that what you're trying to say sean uh, i think this team at running back we are in a really strong place tight end we're in a really strong place i even think a quarterback because of the four options and particularly the first three options that we took i think we're in a pretty strong 
I guess, group place in terms of having one of those scores in the lineup every week. And well, actually, I would say the first two rather than the first three. But you know, we're we're either it's make or break here for a very early pick in Bryce Young. If if it doesn't happen this year, there's a lot of a lot of trouble again for that Panthers organization. But Olave, Addison, Godwin, Deontay Johnson is the first four wide receivers taken. I think that that is pretty strong to pair with the younger guys that then come beyond that. But the path to those wide receivers, you know, all hitting is slimmer than maybe that we would generally like. The one that I think would have been interesting, and I really like obviously the the two tight ends that we have drafted, but we've invested a lot in those two guys i think if zay flowers had admitted one more pick and we could have went addison and zay flowers there that could have been an interesting way to strengthen the wide receiver room but then we are looking later on at you know trying to fill in some of the tight end options and as we did talk about there's not as many of those in the latter rounds and the the thing that we talked about last year with liking a lot of the tight ends in the latter rounds there was drafts where all of a sudden you do get a little bit uh depending on your draft slot you know caught out at the position and you may have to take you know three or four guys to try a bit like we did with the quarterback today to to put that position together but overall sean i think it's a a strong team and it's like every team you're going to have areas of more strength than the other tight end and running back are, are very very strong in my opinion on this team so i'm i'm pretty happy because again we did say it was kind of a thought experiment to get those two tight ends and to see how it played out and and i think it's a very very interesting team I would be interested in the listeners, what they think, you know, let us know. Um, would they go to tight ends as early as we have here? Would they wait as long on quarterback? What potential options would they like to to do different? But I think it was a pretty fun experiment of nothing else, Sean. But we'll recap this when this team wins $15,000 in, uh, you know, early January 2025. I think that's the perfect way to discuss it, Colin. And again, Use that ADP tool over at Rotoviz to help you understand how the players are likely to fall out. If we don't take the tight end at the 501, then the other four big names are not going to get back, right? Obviously, Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey are not going to get back, but Dalton Kincaid and George Kittle go in the first third of round six. So they're long gone by the time that we're on the board at the 6-7 turn. At the 6-7 turn, if you haven't taken the second tight end and you want a second elite tight end, obviously you don't have to take one, but then you're looking at Brock Bowers and making that really early selection of a rookie. One of the things that we know is going to happen is you always overlearn the lessons of the previous year. These rookies are very enthusiastically priced right now. They are. like you know That's in the, the mid-seventh, and that is aggressive at that, at that price the the legitimate option i think where you would be thinking as we take deontay johnson um and you know the eight nine turn is warren johnson next to that pick is kyle pitts and jake ferguson they're probably you know the ferguson pick might might make sense at tight end but i think we would have continued to push it down the draft board and see how it plays out but very uh pleased with with how it came out let's let us know what you think that is going to get us towards the end of today's show, though. Hopefully you have enjoyed it. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at over tomorrow. My co-host is Sean Siegel. You can find his work up on rotaviz.com. And if you are signing up to use the tools that we talked about today, some of the ADP tools, lots more over there, lots of articles, you can get all that over at rotaviz.com and you can get a 10% sign-up discount with the code RVRadio2024 at checkout. But until we are back, have a good one. 
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.